this always happens where I'm at the farm, which is currently where my in-laws live. And my mother-in-law made something delicious and I have one and then I always want more. And sometimes I give in, like sometimes I just have one more, uh, even though it's not part of my boundary, like I'm just human too. But normally what I do is I use this stop method, which I think is super helpful. Um, either like if you've had, if you've reached your boundary and it's time to stop eating the sugar, or if you like me Monday through Friday, um, and I encountered the candy corn, this is a really easy way to stop myself before I eat it. Hi, I'm Dr. Morgan Nolte, founder of Zivli. As a geriatric physical therapist, I saw the heartbreaking effects of insulin resistance. At Zivli, our mission is to help you prevent and reverse insulin resistance for long-term weight loss and disease prevention through a low insulin and inflammation lifestyle. Each week on this podcast, you'll learn simple, actionable tips to lose weight, keep it off, and get healthy. If you're ready to create a body and life you love, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Well, hey there, and welcome back to another quick tip episode of the Reshape Your Health podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Morgan Nolte, and in today's episode, I'm sharing with you two strategies that you can use to reduce your sugar intake. We know that added sugar specifically is directly linked to insulin resistance, which drives diabetes and obesity and heart disease and dementia. And as a geriatric physical therapist, I saw end stage disease so much, um, and it's devastating and heartbreaking. Uh, and I want to prevent it as best I can. And I know that one of the best things that you can do to prevent and reverse insulin resistance is to eat less sugar, but that's so much easier said than done. So here are two things that have helped me. The first is to create a boundary around sweets. I used to have sugar pretty much all day, every day. I mean, I would start with my coffee creamer that would have five grams per tablespoon, and I would have four tablespoons. So 20 grams of added sugar per day, just in my morning coffee. And the American Heart Association recommends no more than 24 grams of added sugar for women, no more than 36 grams for men a day. So I was pretty much reaching my limit just in my coffee. And that didn't even include my breakfast. So I really had a long ways to go before I felt much more in control around sugar. And one of the best things that I did was just starting to look at the food labels and look at the added sugar line, um, for how much sugar I was eating and then just mentally calculating that and asking myself, okay, what could I have instead of this that would still, you know, taste good, but have less added sugar. So if I really want something sweet in my coffee, I'll use a little stevia or Truvia, but typically I just do heavy cream now in my decaf coffee and creating this boundary around sweets definitely took time and it has evolved. It used to be, okay, I'll just allow myself one piece of candy a day or one dessert a day. And then it would go down to a few a week. And then my current boundary is my goal is one sweet a week on Saturday or Sunday. And I don't always reach that full transparency, um, but I do try. And I think the goal is simply to have a boundary and then work to stick to it. 
So what that looks like for me practically is Monday through Friday. If I want something sweet, I will have something sweet that is sweetened with like stevia or truvia. So common things that we do in our house are these little chocolate peanut butter cups that have like coconut oil and baker's chocolate and peanut butter and some stevia, or we'll do fresh whipped cream with some stevia in it or brownie mugs sweetened with um, like monk fruit sweetener. So it's not that I'm not having any sweets during the week. I am if I want them, but they are just the healthier versions. But then Saturday or Sunday, we're often around family. um, And my love, my mother-in-law totally hit the jackpot with my mother-in-law. If you're listening right now, I love you. And she is in like one of her baking modes recently. And so she recently made some healthier pumpkin bars. She made some cookie bars. She made some cinnamon rolls. Um, Haven't had a cinnamon roll yet. I'm hoping to get one this weekend. Um, But it gives me a little bit of flexibility in my diet. And I don't mean like a short-term way that I eat. When I say diet, it's just my way of eating. I'm not on a diet. I just have a diet. And that I love that because I get to look forward to some sort of like unhealthy sweet on the weekend. And it brings that moderation into my life and that flexibility into my lifestyle that I love so much. It also really acts as a highlighter Monday through Friday. So if I find that I want a cookie or last night, my mom hosted our PEO meeting. PEO is like a philanthropic women's organization And she hosted the meeting at her house and had like the candy corn and the nuts out. And that used to be one of my favorite things this time of year were the candy corn and the nut combo. Um, But I was able to easily not even go there because I said, you know what? It's what was yesterday, Wednesday. It's not Saturday or Sunday. This is not um, a day in which I choose to eat eat sugar. Not going to do it. So that has really helped create more clarity around boundaries. And then obviously I hope that you can tell I'm having a very much, I'm having an allowing conversation with myself. So it's not like you can't have sweets Monday through Friday. It's I allow one standard size sweet on Saturday or Sunday. And there's a big difference there because if you tell your brain, you can't have something that's just gonna, you know, bring out like the inner teenager in you and like make you re- want to rebel and want it more. So I think if you can frame it in your mind on how much sugar will I allow in my diet versus how much sugar I can't eat, that's really going to be more positive language for your brain. Um, and it'll just feel better. So that's one thing that has really helped is having that boundary one sweet a week on Saturday or Sunday. But then obviously there are times that come up where maybe this always happens where I'm at the farm, which is currently where my in-laws live and my mother-in-law made something delicious and I have one and then I always want more. And sometimes I give in, like sometimes I just have one more, uh, even though it's not part of my boundary, like I'm just human too. But normally what I do is I use this stop method, which I think is super helpful. Um, either like if you've had, if you've reached your boundary and it's time to stop eating the sugar, or if you like me Monday through Friday, um, and I encountered the candy corn, this is a really easy way to stop myself before I eat it. And it's an acronym and it stands for S is space. T is time. O is observe and P is plan. 
And so let's use the example that I anticipate or hope <laughs> will happen this weekend with me and a cinnamon roll. So I'm hoping that I get one of my mother-in-law's cinnamon rolls that she made. And I'm planning on having one. And I'm sure that there's going to be access to like leftover cookie bars from last weekend or more cinnamon rolls. And so my plan is going to be after one, I'm going to give myself space between me and the food. We want at least an outside of arms reach. However, arm, however long your arms are, you don't want to be able to reach the food. So give yourself space between you and the food and then give yourself time. So once I'm done with whatever that cinnamon roll is, I'm going to remove myself from the kitchen or I'm going to go, you know, to the restroom or I'm going to go play with the kids or I'm going to go do the dishes. I'm going to remove myself from within arm's reach of the food. And then I'm going to give myself, I like at least two minutes. Sometimes five minutes can be helpful too. giving yourself that little break of eating recognizing that sugar does hit the dopamine receptors in your brain. Um, it does have a propensity to be addictive. It will definitely make you want more. I like to say sugar begets sugar. So knowing that going into my exception, I call them exception foods. I never like to say, Oh, it's my cheat day or I'm having a cheat food because it's like eating is not a test. Uh, there is no cheating here. We're just living our life. So this is just an exception food for me. I like that language better. I will remove myself. I'll give myself space. I'll give myself time during which I can observe and I can plan. So O and P and observe is okay. Let's observe what's going on. Let's observe the context here. Um, it's Saturday. You just had a sweet you aren't actually hungry. You're just having more sugar cravings because the dopamine receptors are going off in your brain. You're not going to die if you don't have another one. And if you do have another one, you're going to feel bad because you're not acting as a person of integrity, doing what you said that you were going to do. And furthermore, your actions would not be congruent with your goal of living a low insulin and inflammation lifestyle setting a good example for the community and for your kids and for your family, and most importantly for yourself. So I kind of have that, like come to Jesus, <laughs> talk with myself during that observing phase. And this happens really fast. This is not like, you know, very formal. And during that time, I'll also say, is this emotional hunger or is this physical hunger? Usually for me, if I'm having to do that, it's emotional hunger. Um, I've probably had, you know, a healthy meal at some point that day. Um, I've probably drank my water. I I'm not actually hungry physically. I'm just emotionally hungry and I'm having emotional food cravings. Um, I use food a lot to augment good feelings. That is something I have learned about myself is some people like eat when they're stressed or they, or maybe like when they're bored or they're tired. And I've kind of kicked that habit for the most part. The one that I'm really focused on now, especially going into the holidays when we, you know, finally get to reunite with our loved ones um, after, and I know we're still technically probably in a, in, in a pandemic, but those COVID years, I think were hard on everyone. Um, man, I love being around my family and I get so much joy out of it. And I, um, I tend to augment the good feelings with the dopamine hit that I get from sugar. 
And so once I kind of recognized that about myself, I think that was helpful insight um, to help prevent overeating. And so I'm observing what's going on. I'm recognizing that this is emotional eating. And then I make my plan. And sometimes my plan is just to eat it, just to have a second portion. But I'm also planning to not feel guilty about it or to not feel bad about it. I'm owning the choice and I'm taking responsibility for my action. And I know that in some capacity, I'm going to have to adjust my nutrition the the following day or the following week to kind of balance things out again. Okay. So sometimes that's what I do, but I think we, we always have to make it intentional, right? Like if you're going to have something sweet, my hope for you is that it's, it's intentional and not impulsive and not influenced by peer pressure or habits or nostalgic hunger. That's a big one uh, this time of year, especially um, that we've talked on the podcast before. And so more often than not, my plan though is, okay, Morgan, uh, you're emotionally eating. You just love sugar uh, or you're just having a, you know, a craving for sugar. It's not like I love it. Um, I like the taste of it. And you had your one sweet a week. So you've you know kind of hit your boundary. You want to bend your boundary. I like that word bending my boundary, but you also don't. So let's make a plan of having a piece of gum or going and brushing your teeth or making a cup of hot tea or getting a LaCroix or getting a glass of water or going outside and playing with the kids. And so all of those things are going on within those two to five minutes. I'm reflecting in action. I'm reflecting either to not eat the sweet, if it's like Monday through Friday for me, or to stop at one. And so those two strategies of having some sort of boundary around sweets, whatever that looks like for you is up to you. But then using this stop method of giving yourself space and time to observe and make your plan on how you're going to deal with the situation, I think can be tremendously helpful to reduce your overall sugar intake this time of year. So I hope that you found this quick tip episode um, really helpful and that you actually start to use some of the strategies that I'm talking about in this podcast. Um, I'd love to hear from you. If you have other podcast topics that you'd like me to cover, you can message me on Instagram at Dr. Morgan Nolte, and I'll talk with you at the same time, same place next week. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Reshape Your Health podcast today. To learn more about Zivli, our online course and coaching program to reverse insulin resistance for long-term weight loss and disease prevention, check out our website at www.zivli.com. That's Z-I-V-L-I.com. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a rating and review on your listening platform and share it with a friend. I'll talk with you at the same time, same place next week. Bye for now.